Well, again, good morning. Welcome. Uh, so glad that you have uh, chosen to worship with us here at the Olathe campus of Christ Community Church. My name is Nathan. Uh, I have the, the joy of serving as the campus pastor um, and love, love being able to be here, love being able to, to stand before you uh, this morning and work through this incredible uh, portion of scripture. Well, in, in eight years, uh, as one of your pastors, uh, I think I've probably already told you most of my stupidest stories, right? The, the craziest, I mean, the, the times I've taken risks or, you know, been so scared I've, I've nearly wet myself or just the, the, the really stupid things that, I, that I've done. I mean, it, some of you, you can think back, right? You remember some of them like from, from skydiving to being stranded in Mexico, right? I still hate you, Spirit Airlines, right? Okay. <laughs> from, uh, from burning down a neighbor's field, uh, to accidentally scaring that woman into labor, right? Uh, I, I've done a lot of stupid things. And I, I've put myself in plenty of uh, ridiculous slash terrifying situations. But let me tell you about one that I think trumps all of them. In fact, that makes skydiving just feel like child's play. It was almost exactly eight years ago, almost exactly to the day. It was September 3rd, 2006. I'd been a pastor for, for only about a year at that time. I was over at our, our Leewood campus. That was our only campus at the time. And that day, that was my first Sunday standing right here. Uh, it was a month before my 27th birthday, uh, preaching to about a dozen folks at what was then called Heritage Community Church. That day was a scary, scary day. But let, let me back up a little bit. Because when, when Christ Community began, it's been 25 years now, it began because uh, Tom, our, our, our founding pastor, our senior pastor, uh, he and a small group of Christians believed that Johnson County needed another church. Our first campus was actually their apartment just over in Lenexa, not too far from here. I began attending Christ Community as a senior in high school at a middle school in, in Overland Park, and we eventually landed at our, at our Leewood campus, where we're there at worshiping uh, even now this morning. But that, that first Sunday, I mean, I, I, I joined our staff, you see, in, in 2005. Uh, I was one of our pastoral fellows. Some of you know that is, some of you don't. It's sort of a training program that we do to take pastors in and then, and then send them out. Uh, and when I came in 2005, we were just, we had already planted a couple of churches. Uh, that's something that's part of our history. Um, but we were just beginning to explore this thing called multi-site, right? It's still sort of brand new. What does it mean to be one church, but in, in multiple locations? And so I was, I was a part of this team to do that. And I've got, I've got to be honest with you, when, uh, when Pastor Kevin, he's one of our senior pastors, he's also my boss, when he first asked me, he said, Nathan, what do you think of this multi-site thing? I said, Kevin, I think it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it just won't work, right? This is an awful idea. There's no way it can possibly work. But at the same time, you know, I was a fellow and I realized that pretty soon I'd be looking for work. Uh, and so I quickly warmed up to the idea. <laughs> But all jokes aside, okay, uh, that team and the elders quickly decided that, yes, uh, this thing multi-site, this is the next step for us. And the team concluded and the elders that, yeah, I think Olathe is probably the place to do it. We had lots of people driving all the way from Olathe, all the way to our Leewood campus every Sunday. So we said, yes, that's, that's where we would probably want to do it. Uh, but we think it's going to happen in two years. That was, that was sort of our, our time frame. Well, it was uh, closer to two months that I had my first Sunday here. 
Because what, what we thought would take two years, God sort of fast-tracked when this struggling but faithful church offered us their property. God said, do it, do it here, and do it now. And we said, okay, we'll do it. And about a month later from that time, my first Sunday, we were joined here by about 100 people uh, from our Leewood campus who stepped out bravely, right, longing to see a church in their, in their community. If you, if you came over from our Leewood campus at that time to help launch this, would you just raise your hand? Let's just see. Yeah, yeah. What were you thinking, right? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? Because it was hard. I mean, there, there were Sundays... I mean, we were, we were pretty puny back then when we started. Let me just, let me just tell you right out of the gate. So, so that, that was it. We added three years ago. Uh, okay, so what you, what you see now, what you pulled in. So we added all of that space. Um, we also expanded the sanctuary. So here's a, here's a blast from the past. This was VBS uh, in this room, right? Very, very different experience. Got to love those pews, right? Or maybe not. Um, I, I don't miss them. But uh, so we, yeah, we, we did that. Um, but that was what it looked like, except way, way less people, right? Because that was VBS and it was crowded. When we started, we struggled. I mean, some of you, I mean, the, the few of you that remember those days, I mean, we would start, that first year, we started some of our services Sunday morning with eight people, and I'm not making that up, okay? We had more people on the, the worship team, right, than sitting out in the congregation. It was mostly just the Johnson family. But we came, right? It was, it was. It was one family, but they were dedicated, Right? Oh, God love them. We struggled that first year. And, and honestly, looking back now, I mean, that's how Gabe felt uh, three years ago when he launched our, our, our downtown campus. A picture there, right in the heart of our city. They're, they're gathering this morning and worshiping there. Uh, that's how Bill felt two years ago when we launched our, our Brookside campus and, and this historic building, which also, uh, by the way, was given to us. Um, so that's two out of four, which is pretty awesome. So you can pray for that to happen. Um, but all of that launching, all that beginning, and, and at, you know, this might just sort of be like a fun history lesson. You know, it's exciting, it's fun, I guess. Maybe, for me at least, it is. Uh, the question, though, some of you might be wrestling with, the question that we all have to ask ourselves, so what? Why? I mean, did Kansas City really need another church? Really? I mean, here's a map of our city. Every one of those red dots is a church. Or maybe a church's chicken, but you know, Google, it comes up. <laughs> I think mostly a church. Google doesn't always distinguish, right? But that's, that's our city. Uh, and even, even Olathe in particular. Let's look at Olathe, right? We're right up there in the, in the corner. These are all the churches around us. So why? Why bother with new churches? Well, let me tell you something I believe with all of my heart. That, frankly, to some of us may even sound absolutely ridiculous, but it is something that drives us, that gets us up in the morning exciting, and it's this. There will never be too many churches. Have I lost my mind? I mean, church is messy, right? I mean, it's, sometimes it's, it's inefficient and, and difficult. Sometimes, sometimes church is just plain destructive, isn't it, at times? And yet I believe with all of my heart, and it is something that guides us as a church, that there will never be too many churches. Now, 
We're going to see that in Ephesians in just a moment here. Uh, but before we do that, let me just kind of sort of pause here because we're, we're taking these three Sundays as a church uh, to sort of step back and say, who do, we, who do we believe that God is calling us to be and to do? And where do we think that he's taking us? Because God is already ahead of us, right? He's always ahead of us. And so we just, we long to follow him, to come after him, to do what he's doing, where he's doing it. Uh, and so if you're a guest this morning, uh, let me just say, this is, this is a different morning for us. We're, we're so glad that you're here, but it's a little bit of a different feel. It's not going to be sort of the normal flow that we typically have on a Sunday morning. But at the same time, I think it's a perfect Sunday for you to be here if you're a guest. Because you get a window in sort of our family as a church of what it looks like, the things that drive us, that make us excited, that get us passionate. So we're so, so glad you're here. But our, our mission statement, so way back when we started 25 years ago, our mission statement is to be a caring family of multiplying disciples, influencing our community and our world for Jesus Christ. This has guided us for our two and a half decades together as a church. And when we began this third decade, so five years ago now, when we began it, we called it Destination 30. And we said, our elders said, we as a staff said that this decade, this, we want this decade to be a decade of deployment, of giving ourselves away for the sake of the gospel, for the good news of Jesus Christ, to give ourselves away. And we've grown more complex as an institution. You can only imagine, right? Having four campuses now, what that looks like. We've grown more complex, but as we've grown more complex, we've also felt the need to become more and more focused in our mission and so if we were to, to boil it down, like what are, the, what are the three things that Christ community is and does, right? What are we about as a church? Three, three simple, simple things. That together at Christ community, we are about multiplying churches, multiplying disciples, and multiplying leaders. That's who we are. And that's what we're going to be talking about these three weeks together, where we think God has called us. And if you're new, I hope that excites you. Uh, to think about being a part of a church that's passionate about these things, about giving ourselves away for the sake of our, our city and for our world. And, and if you've been here for a long time, I hope those things are obvious to you. That even as you hear them, you're like, yeah, that's, that is who we are. That, those are the things that we've always been about. In fact, just a, a quick story here. Uh, we have a, a group of congregation members from all of our campuses currently uh, gathering together to explore how we can more effectively uh, serve the global church, right? Missions, right? How do we do that as a church? And so uh, apart from the staff, they came up with their values for that team. And their top three, again, completely ind- independent from the work that we've been doing, their top three were this, that churches are planted, disciples are multiplied, and leaders are developed. It's just, it's who we are. And we long to multiply both here in Kansas City, the city that we love, as well as across our country and across our world. And let me even just explain these three multiplines a little bit here. Um, I, won't, I won't go into it because we'll, we'll take time uh, these next three weeks to, to dive into each one a little bit more. We'll spend our time today on multiplying churches. But th- we see it as a circle, right? That we multiply churches in order to help us multiply disciples, right? People coming to faith in Jesus and growing in their faith. In order to, to multiply leaders, leaders in our homes, in our schools, our vocations, our, our neighborhoods, our community, and in our church, that we long to be a people who lead so that we can multiply churches, and then see more disciples, and more leaders, and more churches, and more disciples, and more that, that is That's who we are. All for the, the glory of our great Savior, and for the good of all people. This is what drives us. And so this morning, looking at Ephesians, we're going to focus 
just on that top one. And we're going to try to answer three questions, okay? Three questions. Why do we need more churches? I mean, seriously, why? What are we going to do about it? And what are you going to do about it? So let's pray together and ask God to help us and to help our church as we work through these things. God, uh, I am so excited that you have brought me to Christ's community. God, the way that you changed my life as a senior in high school through this church, and then that I get to be a part of that transformation, continuing in my life and in the lives of others here in this place. God, we, we, we're here because we love it here, because you are here, because we experience you here. And God, I pray that even in this moment, we would hear from you. Help us to understand. Help us to see. Give us hope and joy in the things that you, our God, are calling us to for the glory of our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. So, why do we need more churches? Kind of sounds crazy, doesn't it? I mean, maybe in China or Iraq, but Kansas City, really? Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Now, just quickly to, to set the context, and we'll be in Ephesians for all three of these weeks, so you can kind of keep this in mind as we go these next couple of weeks. Um, but keep in mind, Paul is writing to this church probably five to ten years after planting this church. Okay, Paul is the one who initially started there in this great city of Ephesus, one of the great cities of the, of the ancient world. Uh, and actually, just take a look at Paul's travels here. I mean, this is fascinating to me. Have you got a map? I think we do. Maybe not. Um, is there a map? No? Yes. Oh, there it is. Okay. All right, so this is, this is Paul's journeys. He did this, all those lines, you don't have to necessarily pay attention to the places, all those lines are places that he went in about 20 years, right, from the time he began his, his ministry uh, to his execution in Rome, 20 years, and he planted anywhere between 14 and 20 churches during that time. He was, he was a busy guy, this Paul, okay? Um, and he gives us, in, in Ephesians, three reasons why we ought to keep multiplying. First, we multiply churches because there will always be a need for outsiders to become insiders. Always a need for those who are outside of faith to be brought in. Let's look at this text, okay? Because imagine this church right there in this, this city called Ephesus. The church is made up of both Jews and Gentiles, two groups that would have never worshipped together. And so Paul, he, he says to those who are outside, that's the Gentiles, right? Those who are outside the people of God. And look what he says to them in verse 12 to us. He says, remember that you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And here's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's us. And the church is the one place where people from any background, right, can, can gather together in the presence of God through, through Jesus. That's, this, this is us, that those, those who were far away from Christ, it's a place where we can be brought brought near, brought into relationship with him. And, and it's why we long to, to share our faith with others, right? We want to be a community that does that, that tells others about the good news of Jesus. It's why we, we long to be a community where, where skeptics can come and be a part of our, of our church family. People who don't necessarily have it sort of, you know, figured out, but are, are here anyway, asking good questions, watching us closely, very closely, 
and trying to discern whether or not Jesus really is who he said he is. We, we long to be that as a church. Let me, let me share what someone here posted on Facebook this, this past week. She said that I could. Um, she's recounting in this Facebook post the, the things that she's thankful for. And she writes, my church family. It's been a learning curve for me as I'm still not sure all that I believe, but I so value all that have helped me at Christ Community Olathe Campus. And that, that describes many of you, doesn't it? I mean, you might feel alone, right, trying to figure out where you're at on this path that Jesus, you know, is he really the guy? And, and all of, I mean, you might, you might feel alone, but you're not. And either way, you may not be there yet, but you're here anyway. And we hope that you encounter Jesus. We've seen that, haven't we? I mean, many of you walk through these doors as outsiders. Not, not sure what you believed, but a friend invited you. Or, or maybe you had been a part of church when you were younger and then kind of stepped away and began having kids and just felt it was time to come back. That's, that's the story of, of, of many of us. And for some of you, now you've, you've met him. We had 42 baptisms last Saturday. That's a Christ community record of life change together across our campuses. And so listen, as long as there are outsiders... As long as there are people who do not know Jesus, there will never be too many churches. But Nathan, can't like, you know, those existing red dots do that, right? Can't the existing churches, uh, so many of them across us, can't, can't they do that? I mean, those that at least, you know, embrace the gospel, can't they do that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Those that embrace the gospel, certainly and yet the trouble is, studies show that newer churches tend to reach far more outsiders than established churches. Far more. I mean, there, there's lots of studies on this, lots of, of information. You can, you can look up some, if you want some, of I can, I can give you some of those studies. But newer churches, listen to this, newer churches see between six and 800% more conversions than established churches. Six to 800% more it's sad, but the older a church gets, the more it grows inward. Members get comfortable. It begins to exist for ourselves, right? For the things that we like, the programs we do. It, it, we, we turn and we, we focus inward. And, and every year in America, nearly 4,000 churches die. Tim Keller, he, he's an expert in this area. He summarizes a lot of the research and he says, this is, this is a big statement, he says, the vigorous, continual planting of new congregations is the single most crucial strategy for evangelism. Nothing else. Not crusades, outreach programs, parachurch ministries, growing megachurches, congregational consulting, nor church renewal processes will have the consistent impact of dynamic, extensive church planting. And while, whilst those words may sound like surprising to many of us, those who have studied that they're not even controversial. I mean, this is just assumed to be the truth in, in sort of the church world of people who've, who've studied this. And so as long as there are outsiders, there will never be too many churches. But we also need more churches because there will always be a need for the lonely to become family. There will always be a need for the lonely to become family. Look, look where Paul goes in verse 19. 
Again, talking to these same people there in this ancient church, talking to us. He says, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. The household of God, he calls us. I love that metaphor, right? With, with God as our father, Jesus as our brother, the Holy Spirit himself confirming that we have been adopted into this family. It is a place where we belong. We belong. I mean, meanwhile, our world gets more and more fragmented, right? More and more hostile and disconnected from one another, angrier and, and just, yeah, more filled with, with hate, right? Seems like we're going backwards instead of forwards. And yet being a part of a church, a healthy church, ought to feel like coming home. A place where we become family. This past week, I heard from someone, I I love this, um, also not yet a believer. Um, This person, though, they said that they just can't help keep coming because it feels so much like family. And they're desperate for family. And the bigger we get, the harder it becomes, right? I mean, it's part of why we're moving to three services, right? It's not simply to manage growth. It's because, I mean, two things. It's because we, we think that it will allow us to multiply our influence into our community surrounding us here in Olathe, and yet at the same time feel smaller, where we can recognize each other and remember names, and meet new people, and and pray for one another, and carry burdens with one another. And that's also, that's why we multiply churches. You know, one of the largest shifts that we made in the history of Christ community uh, was when we decided eight years ago that to stop asking people to drive 20 minutes to come and worship with us, and start bringing the church to them. And some of you do that, right? You, you know how hard it is. If Many of you, right? You drive 20 minutes or more. You know how hard it is. It's hard to, to make it family. It's hard to engage more, more deeply. It's, and it's really hard to invite your neighbors to church, right? Because your neighbor, if they're not a believer, to say, hey, let's go to church together, they're not going to understand why you're passing all those red dots to get to this one, right? They're just not going to get it. And so we, we've, we've got to be a people who multiplies, Multiplication helps us feel smaller and it helps us reach further. And as long as there are lonely people, there will never be too many churches. But Paul doesn't end there. The church is also a place where the invisible God is made visible. Where the invisible God is seen. Look, look what he says in, in verse, verse 21. In whom the whole structure, that's, that's us, right? Right? This metaphor, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The local church is like a temple, a place where where God lives. And yes, God dwells in everyone who believes, right? Through his Spirit. We we believe that, that if you're, you're a believer, God dwells in you, and yet there's something unique, something beautiful, something powerful about when we gather together, the presence of God here among us, and we long to see him, don't we? And we're, we're, we're desperate to be able to, to get a glimpse of, of the living God, and the more churches there are, and the more communities, more places, it's more opportunities for the invisible God to show himself to us and through us. 
And that's what our world needs. Right? More glimpses. I mean, I think, for example, of our downtown campus. And I, I love this. They are open every first Friday right in the Crossroads Arts District. They have a, a, an art gallery every, every single time, giving people a glimpse as they come into our church, not even knowing it's a church at times until they get in there. Or, or our Brookside campus, right? It's our newest campus right there in this, this historic community, right, where there are lots of churches, but lots of really, really old churches, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. History, tradition is a good thing, and yet a lot of those churches in that community, they've either lost the gospel or they've just turned inward. And so we're there offering people a glimpse And I think about what God has done here. I mean, just two very, very simple, easy stories. Two examples. Uh, Again, just trying to be recent here. Just this past week, many of you know that, uh, well, maybe not. Some of you know that we, as a church, we long to have our doors open as much as possible. Uh, We host all kinds of outside groups. Uh, People who are not at all affiliated with our church, we host them for free. Uh, They can sign up, use our space. We have, I mean, we're a voting place, uh, HOAs in the surrounding neighborhoods, uh, Girl Scouts, cheer clubs. I mean, you name it, anything we can to be a a service to our community, we want to do that. And I I heard back from uh, one of those leaders this past week, and she just said, do you know how good a reputation your church has in this community? It's a glimpse or also, just a, a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I think, um, some of you know about our, our partnership, growing partnership with Woodland Elementary, uh, the school just down the street. Uh, some of you serve as mentors. Uh, some of you are on the staff there. Um, many of us have, have contributed, right, donations of school supplies or Thanksgiving meals for those kids who are in need. In fact, Principal Shipley, she came and she spoke at her VBS, this, this partnership that we have. And a couple of weeks ago on a Thursday, she, the principal, and much of her staff, they, they came here um, on a Thursday, unannounced, just to say thanks. They brought us a little gift basket to tell us how grateful they are for a, a church partnering with a public school, loving them, caring. That's a glimpse, isn't it? And we need more glimpses for as long as we struggle to see the living God, which is going to be a while, I think. There will never be too many churches. So what are we going to do about it? Well, it's time for us to start again. To multiply. And friends, it's our turn. Lord willing, we here, Olathe, here, we are going to plant Christ Community's fifth campus. And we're announcing this this morning at all of our campuses. And so let's watch together. Hello, Christ Community. My name is Nathan, and I have the joy of serving as the campus pastor at Christ Community's first additional campus. We started out here in Olathe in the fall of 2006 when a faithful but struggling church offered us their property. And we'd already been planning and praying in that direction. So so when this happened, God made it obvious. He wanted us here. And I'll never forget my first Sunday in Olathe. There's only about a dozen of us there. We were joined uh, a month later by about 100 people from our Leewood campus who stepped out courageously in faith. Ordinary people, right? But people who believed 
that the multiplication of healthy churches is core to the mission of God's people. It's who we are. Multiplying churches, multiplying disciples, multiplying leaders. Just look at what God has done. Now it's our turn. For after much prayer, conversation, research, we believe that the time is now for us in Olathe to multiply, to plant. Not not just multiplying services, but multiplying congregations. We We don't want to grow inward. We don't want to exist merely for our own benefit. We want to see the expansion of God's kingdom for the glory of our great Savior and for the good of his people. And so it's our turn. For we are in the initial stages of praying and planning for Christ Community's fifth campus. We believe that God is calling us north. We also believe that we have the right leader already on our team, ready to go. Uh, Tim Spanberg, he's our our pastoral fellow here in Olathe. He's been serving with us this past year, and he and his wife, Misty, and their two boys, they are phenomenal. If you haven't met Tim, you need to. When Misty and I first came to Christ Community, it felt different. A church that eagerly sends out amazing leaders to start new churches is different. A church that loves its city and seeks its good is different. People who are willing to leave the church they love and go and start a new one are different. Misty and I have always longed to give our lives to a church that gives itself away for the good of others. And we found our church. But I know what you may be thinking. Why do this? Olathe's growing, things are going well, why now? Well, if you've been around Christ Community long enough, you know God is always ahead of us, calling us forward. And we are confident God is ahead of us again. That we currently have over 150 people coming from Shawnee, Lenexa, KCK, Merriam, and North Overland Park attending Christ Community. And while those people primarily attend the Olathe campus, we have people coming from that region in all four of our campuses. And there are amazing people on that list, the kind of people whom God will use to write a new story at a new campus. Now God's already building this new campus, and it's time for us to join Him. And while God will direct specifically where we're to go, we're looking at an area between Shawnee Mission Parkway and Johnson Drive, and between I-435 and I-35. But there's a bigger reason why it's time to plant a new campus. You. You are the reason. That I've asked one question more than any other in my past year. How'd you find Christ Community? And I wish I could capture the reactions in those moments. The joy The tears, good tears. You came looking for a church, and God gave you a home. Because I've heard the stories, how this church helped save your marriage, came alongside you in a time of death, prayed for you when you were sick, that your kids love this church and can't wait to come, that in this place the gospel came alive to you, and now God is writing a new story on your life. That all around Christ's community, God is writing new stories 
because the local church is the place where God writes news stories, because the local church is the one place with good news for everyone, no matter where they've been or what they've done. That's why we must always be about multiplying churches. That's why it's time for us to start a new church. And it's why God will call some of you to come to this new campus. Because there are people who need new stories. Who need a home. Who need what you and I have found at Christ Community. Because God has more stories to write. We have a new church to plant. Now there is still so much for us to explore. But we are praying and hoping that by the end of 2015 or early 16, we will have a whole new community of people multiplying churches, multiplying disciples, and multiplying leaders. So what about now? What do do we do now? Well, pray. Please join us in praying. Pray for that community. Pray for for those who will who will go. Pray for those who will come, and and pray for those who will stay at all four of our campuses to to fill in the gaps of those we have sent out, and, and continue to to give generously and sacrificially to the amazing work, the beautiful work that that God is doing in our city. And for some of you, think about going. If you live in that area, might God be calling you even even in this moment? To do something big, something brave, something that you're going to be able to witness God at work. I just wonder what he's going to do next. I'm just, I'm curious. Um, you're not signing up for anything, okay? Not, not yet anyway. Uh, but you, if you live north of K-10, would you just raise your hand? Let us see. Yeah, see those hands? Okay. Some of you are like, like this, not really sure. If you want, you're like, I don't know if I want to declare. We already know where you live, okay? You're on a database. Believe me, Tim has you on a list, okay? So, um, but just for visual, to be able to, to see that here in this place. God is doing something surprising here. Uh, we, we have seen him work here in this place. We've seen him across our organization. I mean, when we stumbled across this multi-site thing, we had no idea uh, the gospel-centered, Jesus-empowered, life-changing kingdom impact that we would be able to have. Uh, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And yet, God keeps nudging us forward. Anybody else scared? Yeah, I am. God knows Tim is, right? <laughs> of course. But if as Christians we don't do scary things once in a while, I mean, things that stretch our faith, things that demand that we trust, if we don't do, who, who are we following really? I mean, honestly, uh, these past few months as we've been thinking and playing and thinking and planning and praying as a, as a leadership team, our elders, trying to figure out what's next. I mean, each, each time it's, it sort of felt like we're walking closer and closer to the Jordan River, Right? You know, we take one little step, inch a little closer, uh, believing that God is going to do something, right? Um, Confident that he will, just having no idea what, right? Uh, And, you know, we make another step and another step and eventually, you know, foot's in the water and then ankle deep and then waist deep and we weren't quite up to our necks yet uh, when God did something that honestly shouldn't surprise us. 
I mean, in, in 25 years of history at Christ Community, this is just what he does. We step out in faith, and God parts the waters. He does something, and he, he's done it again. For our generous God has prompted one of our, our families um, in the Christ Community family to give uh, of, out, of, out of love and obedience, out of, out of faith and joy, love for the local church, and love for Christ, a very, very generous gift. A gift that will catapult us forward in our multiplication mission. Wait for it. Three million dollars. Yes, you heard right. Three million dollars. Okay? But just let that sink in for a moment. I mean, honestly, this was only about a month ago um, that this happened. Again, planning, praying. Um, when Tom told me, I, I cried like a baby, truthfully. God, you have, you have done it again. We, we, we step out not knowing, not knowing how it's going to happen or what, what exactly it's going to look like, and yet God goes before us. And I want you to hear, we want to be faithful stewards of God's provision as a church. And so our elder leadership team has, has allocated this gift uh, with three Ds in mind. I want to just share that really quickly so you know how we're thinking about this incredible, incredible gift. Uh, so three, three Ds, debt, discipline, and deployment. So the first one, the obvious is debt. So that's gone. We're, we're debt-free now. So that's our, our greater things. Yeah. That's, that's our expansion here. Um, if you remember from our Greater Things Faith Initiative three years ago, as well as at our Leewood campus, all that is, is gone. Uh, we're freeing up interest costs, payments, uh, that we can be about our mission, right, instead of paying interest. Uh, the s- second piece, uh, discipline, half a million dollars. Uh, with more and more church homes, right, more and more locations, uh, we just realized that we need to have some capital maintenance money set aside. Uh, stuff's going to break, uh, and we want to be ready for it. So we're disciplining ourselves to put aside half a million dollars to keep our buildings in good shape. And the third uh, is deployment. Um, so exciting, a million dollars designated for our church multiplication strategy and for the development of new campuses. And we're not just talking number five, right? Uh, this is the, the f- part of the future of, of God's work, of what he is going to do in and through us here in this room. What he is enabling us to do with this incredible, incredible gift. I, mean, I, I told you you didn't want to miss this Sunday, Right? We talk about a, a glimpse of the invisible God, right? And, and just so you know, nothing is changing in our campus budgets. I mean, I want to be really clear that, with that. We're not, we're not, there's, nobody's going on shopping sprees, okay? Uh, raises all, and that's not what we're doing. Our, can, our budgets are staying the same. Uh, we want to continue to be lean and missional as, as we move forward in what God has called us to be. This, in some ways, this changes nothing for the way that we function, the way we think about who we are as a church, because we want to give ourselves away, right? We don't want to hold on to God's generosity. We want to be generous with God's generosity. And so the last thing we want to do is grow comfortable or complacent. In fact, quite the opposite. I mean, I hope that as you hear this, as, it, as it's done for, for us, I hope, I hope it ought to spur your faith to grow, Right? To, to give sacrificially, to embrace this mission. I mean, now more than ever, there's a time for us to invest in God's work. I mean, just, just look where he has placed us. I mean, we as an organization, we are on the cusp of something huge. So what are you going to do about it? The most obvious is to pray. Pray for Tim. Pray for Misty. Um, pray for those who, in this room, even right now, who, who feel called to go, to step out. 
And pray for, for us who remain, right? As we send out maybe 75, 100 people, some of our best leaders uh, into this new thing, pray that God would continue to help us to flourish in this spot. Pray for Shawnee, wherever that campus is going to be, somewhere in there. Pray, pray for that community. Pray, pray that we'd find the right location, the, the perfect spot to be able to begin to gather and to worship and to, to be a place where people, hurting people, can come and find Jesus. And pray for, maybe most of all, pray that for those that we long to see this transformation with. Pray, pray for those lives, those marriages, people who don't know Jesus. I mean, God is already at work. We're convinced that God has already been building this campus for a long time. And we get to go and join him there. So pray that we would be faithful and that we'd be able to see God at work. To remind you to pray, we printed off some cards. They're along the aisle here. Uh, Just very simple. Just take one, pass it down. um, to, To take home with you, right? To remind us to pray for our city, to pray for what God is doing, that, that there will never be too many churches. And so pre, please, please pray. I'll wait. Okay. Are we good? Okay, second, second give. Uh, generously, sacrificially, obediently. As I said, we don't want a gift like this to help us sort of close in, right, and, and forget about the mission that God is doing. I'm, I, I'm convinced now is, is a time unlike any other for us to invest in the work of God in this place. Because we have, I mean, we, we've been given, right, this incredible, unprecedented opportunity to serve our city, our community, our world for the sake of the gospel. So continue, continue to give, I mean, don't, don't you want to be a part of that? I mean, just honestly. Like, I kind of feel bad if you're not already investing in that way because it's like we get to be a part of something amazing. We get to see God show up in incredible ways. Don't you, don't you want to be a part of that? Give. Join us in giving. Third, tell. If you know people up that way, some of you do. Some, some of you live up that way, so you know your neighbors. Uh, begin talking about it. Tell them what God is doing. Uh, tell them that we believe God is creating a whole new community for them to be able to encounter God, to be able to encounter his son, Jesus. So tell them. And if you don't live up in that area, if you don't know anybody up north, then tell people around here, right? Because uh, again, we're going to be sending out some of our best people, right? Some of our best leaders, some of our close friends into this new thing. Pray that God would continue to help us to flourish. And so tell, tell others as best we can. And that's the fourth thing here with this is send. You know, for those of us, for those of us who stay, I'm not going to lie to you, this is going to be hard. We're going to say goodbye to friends, good friends, and leaders, Sunday school teachers, people that we've invested in, people that I've invested in for, for this length. That we're, it's going to be hard, but this is what we do, isn't it? We give ourselves away for the sake of something bigger than ourselves. I mean, our our son, uh, David, uh, this past week, he overheard uh, Kelly and I talking about this and and talking about the fact that we are hoping to send out a lot of people to this new campus. And and so he he turned, you know, he's eavesdropping the whole time. He's always listening. We forget that sometimes. Um, Like, okay, people don't know about this yet, David. Um, Yeah. He he turned and he he said, but dad, don't... Don't you want a lot of people to come to our church? Which is a great question, especially as a pastor, because sometimes we pastor, we're the worst at this. 
We, we, so we want to build our own little kingdom, right? And the more people there are, the more we feel this, right? These little strokes of our ego. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, truthfully, we deal with that as pastors. I'm so glad he asked because it was a heart check for me, right? My little boy asking this question. I said to him, David, yeah, we do. We want lots and lots and lots of people to go to church. We want, we want everybody to go to church. We want everybody to encounter Jesus, but that doesn't have to happen here. And if we send out this group of people, then there is a whole new community of people that we can reach that we couldn't possibly reach here because some of your neighbors are never going to come here. But if we go, then maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get to it and show them who Jesus is. So this is, who we, this is who we are. We give ourselves away. And you know what? As we send... Also, that means filling in the gaps, doesn't it? Some of you are now thinking, maybe I will go, right? Uh, I mean, you thought we had a lot of needs starting three services, right? Coming up here a little bit, a lot of volunteer holes. I mean, just wait till we get rid of 75 people, right? Get rid of is probably the wrong, the wrong <laughs> phrase. Sorry, Tim, you know what I mean. Okay, and finally, 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 and you knew I was getting here. For some of you, go. You know, this is the first sermon I've ever preached where one of my goals is that a bunch of you would leave. That kills me. Because we're family, right? We've invested in each other's lives. We we love one another. We care for one another. And, And now here we are at this place. And might God be calling you to do something big? Something brave? If you live north of K-10, we want you to go. And I know you're afraid, so are we. I know you have questions, so do we. And I can tell you firsthand that it is going to be hard. But just imagine what you're going to get to see. I mean, look at, just look what God has done here. Think about the lives that we have been able to impact, the the marriages that have been healed, the families, the the way we've impacted schools and workplaces, all here, people coming to faith in Jesus Christ simply because a small group of people believed that God was big enough, bigger than their comfort, bigger than what was easy, and stepped out in faith and said, I'm going to be a part of something. Think about what you'll get to see. Think about what your kids will get to see. And some of you know right now that this is for you right? Some, some of you already, maybe you're just an early adopter, right? Maybe you're just a little bit crazy. You, you know, like this, this is it. Maybe you've heard God speaking to you in this moment. And you know this campus is for you. If that, if that describes you, would you find Tim after this sometime today? Just go up to him and say, Tim, we're in. We're praying for you, and we can't wait to see what God does. If that describes, do that, please. And, and for the rest of us, right? For, for those of us who live south of K-10, think about moving, you laugh. I'm not kidding. We had people move to Olathe when we started this campus. Don't think God couldn't ask you to do that. Because his kingdom is upside down, isn't it? Than anything else that we can ever understand, right? That his mission, that he, Jesus doesn't expect us to do the normal things, right? He's always asking us to do this. Maybe, maybe God is asking you to go as well. Because we give ourselves away. It's just what we do. And God is going to do something incredible. We don't want to grow inward, do we? Right? I mean, we're at that eight-year mark. It's starting to get easy. It'd be so easy just to get comfortable, fat, and lazy, right? Complacent Christians here in this place. We don't want that, do we? God forbid. 
We want to be a community that gives ourselves away, that reaches out, that sees people coming to faith in Christ, that sees poor people helped, right, and, and cared for, and the, the oppressed ministered to. We want to love one another. We want to see that. We don't want to exist just for ourselves. We want to see God write a new story. And that's what Jesus did, isn't it? I mean, he came to us, right? He he didn't expect us to come to him. He knew that was impossible. He came to us and he gave himself away totally and completely on the cross for us, forgiveness and life. And he rose again so that we could have hope and that we could be ambassadors of that hope to a world that is desperate for a glimpse, is desperate to be given life and wholeness, that we get to be a part of that and see him. I mean, he's written a new story in your life, hasn't he? I mean, if, if you're a believer, if you're, you're here, if you've given your, he's written a new story in your life. He's written a new story in mine. And as long as there are new stories left to write, there will never be too many churches. Let's pray. God, we are excited. We're afraid, too, all of us. Going or staying, we're afraid. Change is hard, and a change this big is going to hurt. But God, I am so glad that you have pushed us in this way. I am so glad that you have shown up in such a way to confirm that what we're doing, that you are already building that campus by, by the number of people that you have coming this way, by, by Tim and Misty as such incredible leaders, that they just happen to be here. And God, for that incredible gift that pushes us forward. God, we are afraid, but you do big things through scared people who trust in you. And we expect you to do that. We ask you to do that, that you would continue to allow us here to to remain outward, to see people coming to faith in Christ and growing in their faith in you and ministering to our community and that we would get to see that together, that even in a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, we would be able to look at what you've done and said, see, yes, God has been here. God, we long to see you. And we, we long to be a people who gives ourselves away even when it hurts. So give us faith. Give us hope, give us joy. And God, for those who even now are feeling this, this call, God, I pray that you would confirm it to them. And that God, even over the next several months, that you would say to specific people, families, individuals, that what you are doing, you are doing for them. And you will do with them for their neighbors, for their community, for their kids' schools, for their workplaces. Lord Jesus, be glorified. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.